Welcome to another edition of the Oscar Central Podcast. My name is Jacob. I am your host. Uh, today, it's just going to be me and Kinsey, the two Oscar Central babies, uh, doing the show. Uh, we're going to go over the state of the race, um, talk about any of the updates we have on acting and writing, which we did on other podcasts. So if you want our full breakdown, you can have it on that. Um, mainly, we're going to talk about directing and picture and continue our um summer pre-festival state of the race Kenzie how are you doing I'm so good like more people have seen bodies 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 which is just including you which yes. is just fantastic so every day I'm getting texts from people being like have you heard of this a24 movie and I'm like you know what yes but also one second I'll be right back oh no but if you're listening and you haven't seen bodies 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 it is out full release so please check it out it is so good not only does it star lee pace but um what is jacob coming here with if you're listening to this oh my god he has a poster he has a poster it's he a, has a, a poster cardboard cutout. it's not a poster <gasps> it's a cardboard cutout mm-hmm. of academy award nominee maria bakalova oh my god and lee pace and um pete davidson oh my god um, I know this is like not in the realm of possibility, but like this is what SAG Ensemble was made for, and it mm-hmm. depresses me that it will never happen. But this is what uh, the casting Oscar would be made, made Literally, for. Literally, it is perfectly cast. I didn't even know I could like Pete Davidson, but here we are. Here we are. Yeah. That's well, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to dislike someone who. Uh, no spoilers, but you he's know, so innocent. Like he's so pure. <laughs> He's so pure. I mean, he's not pure, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I get it. He gives it. off pure vibes. Um, all about the vibes. Yeah, so what I was actually going to say beforehand is, guess what my roommate and her friend are watching? Mother. Oh my God, amazing. Yeah, my amazing. roommate's never seen it, so this is her oh first time. I am I wish I could watch it for the first time. I didn't... That movie wasn't marketed to where I knew what I was going into. So when I saw it, I was, I don't think I was prepared. I'm jealous of people that can see it for the first time. Yeah. Kind of knowing. I don't think, I don't think uh, she knows anything about it. So it'll Good be luck interesting. To her. Good yeah. luck. Good luck. Um, but getting into it, uh, did you see anything this week that had any Oscar potential um, what did you watch TV show? I know you watched a specific movie for the 18th time. How was that? So I started off the week, the second to last episode ever, Better Call Saul. And it was the most emotional yet frustrating experience of my life. I followed that up by seeing Bodies, Bodies, Bodies again, because I am a woman obsessed. I have to see movies 9,000 times in theaters. Um then I watched something else. I don't remember. But then my husband decided it was time for him to watch Elvis. And I was like a little nervous. Clearly my husband hasn't been on my Twitter recently because he was like, do you like the guy that plays him? And I was like, what? <laughs> um, if you're listening, hopefully you follow me on Twitter and you understand why that's hilarious. But it took us two nights to watch it because my our daughter was like not having it. But he is man obsessed as well. He literally said he is great 
like halfway through the movie and I was like what because he's not one of those people who like you know when you watch a movie with someone and as someone who's interested in the Oscar race you're like so interested to hear what they think my husband mm-hmm. is very much like it was good it was fine like that that's his realm of not like being a critic but like conversation about a movie yeah. so when for him to like say in the middle of a movie that something is great is really wild but then um at the end when it cut to real footage he literally was like is that real footage and i was like damn the shit got him mm-hmm. but he really liked it and watching it at home i was a little nervous especially because we have daisy our daughter so we had to turn it down really low the sound is so good in that movie like i i really hope it gets in it's really insulting that um bohemian rhapsody one mixing and editing um if you know you know but like this has to get in i know there's Mm -hmm. only five slots so it's a little more difficult but the use of sound here is so great even at home but i will say it's really funny because i bought it on itunes and when it pops up it says still in theaters and i'm like so why is it here like why is it here and we're recording on sunday but this week is considered elvis week it is the anniversary of him passing away but it's also Austin Butler's birthday. And I just feel like Warner Brothers really like fumbled the ball, not mm-hmm. focusing on this week. Like Top Gun Maverick had a surge in ticket sales because they were offering a free poster. Imagine what they could have done for a week this big for Elvis. Like mm-hmm. I just, I'm a little disappointed, but whatever. Did you see anything other than bodies, bodies, bodies? So I saw bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, I don't know if I talked about this last time, but I did watch Prey, which I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that one was really good. Uh, other than that, I, I've i had a really busy week trying to get everything ready for my trip, going to see Nicole. To, no, actually, yeah, tomorrow. Um, so I'm super excited for that. It's uh, so exciting and I'm not jealous at all. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, I don't think I saw anything else. Um, I think recently I saw DC Super Pets, but it was pretty bad. I just wanted to go say hi to my friends at work. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's really about it. Oh, I did watch the first four episodes of She-Hulk and I'm not really allowed to say anything until later. But my social reaction will be up tomorrow. Um You'll see what I think. <laughs> but That's all I'll taken say. over LA with, um, you know, like cheesy ads for lawyers. Mm-hmm. They've like taken over LA. Like every bus stop is a fake ad for her as a lawyer. And I'm like, how much money are they spending on this? It's every single bus stop. Well, it is out of this world. They probably spent more money on the advertisements than they did on the effects because... Mm. Oh no, is it just as bad as that? You can't talk about it, but okay, never mind. Uh, I mean, noted to ask you tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I watched all of that. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Uh, moving into news of the week. Uh, first off, Taylor Swift and Kendrick Lamar are now in the Oscars race, um, which I have a lot of thoughts on. Um, I love both Kendrick and Taylor. Um, I think they're incredible artists, but I think something like this tends to, it's almost like the Hamilton effect where it's like, 
is this really a short film or is this just a 10 minute long uh, music video? And so I understand why they got eligible. I know that uh, Taylor like released hers in AMCs and uh, had like a theatrical screening of it or something like that, that deemed it eligible. Um, I'm not sure if Kendrick did the same. I didn't look too deep into the article about it. Uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts about these elongated music videos being Oscars eligible for live action short? I primarily, from a standpoint, ignoring what artist it is, am annoyed by it because I feel like the short categories are really well utilized by people who don't have larger budgets and this is all they can really like do or this is like their first forte into making films whatever kind of film it is documentary animated or live action um and they if you win an oscar here or even just get nominated it's a really great stepping stone for studios Mm -hmm. and producers to know your name know your work and you can get features from this um, and like we've seen in the past, like Riz Ahmed winning recently and then like Kobe Bryant winning in the animated short category. It's like celebrities tend to win if they're nominated. Mm-hmm. Not always. Like sometimes it kind of backfires and they don't even get nominated. But I just think like people were posting not negative tweets about Taylor Swift, just negative tweets about this in general, saying the same thing you're saying, the same thing I'm saying, that it's like at what point is this really a short film? And their fans were, specifically Taylor's fans, were kind of going after people to the point where they were making their accounts private. They were disabling replies. Like, what happens to a nominee in this category if they beat Taylor Swift? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to know. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal literally saw his comments off because he dated her, like, what, 20 years ago and for two months? And he didn't Uh, like her back? Like, his comments are still off. Like her fans are not all of them, but I'm going to say majority of them are like that. And I don't think it's fair to bring that kind of vibe. I don't want to say vibe, but just that energy to a category that's really utilized to give recognition to people who do incredible work, but aren't able to make features or didn't make a feature. And like, look how many shorts are turned into full-length features later mm-hmm. on by winning or just being nominated. And it's like, what does it say if we're putting a music video, no matter who it is, a music video in this spot? Yeah. And like shining away from that. And I understand no. like specifically with Taylor, because she's never been nominated, right? No. For a song. And so she's, like, had, Ken- she's had Kendrick multiple original songs. has been nominated, but... Mm-hmm she hasn't had any songs go through and i understand that must be frustrating especially because i remember that hunger Games song was like close or like yeah she had a hunger game song and then she had a song for her documentary and then she had of course the cat song but it's like just keep doing it like i like eventually you'll get in for what like you're kind of eligible for or make a feature length film whatever you want to do but like I don't think you should be making music videos eligible here. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. If you can be nominated at the MTV Music Awards for the same thing, you should not be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, like I, I agree. And I think it's very similar to 
what Hamilton did a couple of years ago where, you know, they recorded a live show, put it on TV and deemed it a movie and people thought that it could be nominated for Oscars and stuff like that. Now, granted, I know in the past there have been, it's like once ever, but there has been people who have recorded themselves doing a play or something like that and then put it in theaters and got an Oscar nomination off of that. I can't remember who did it, but it was in like the 60s. Um, but that was uh, before like the like those shifted to like Fathom events and whatnot. Mm. So it's like, that's so different. Like Fathom events was always where my mind went with the Hamilton debate because it just it never felt like a movie and I don't feel like you can just record something and yes it was recorded beautifully but like it's like the American Utopia Spike Lee made was one of my favorite movie experiences the year it came out I think it was 2020 maybe it was 2019 but I wasn't like nominate this for an Oscar like it wasn't a movie like I it's just I don't know there's a difference and it's the same thing here like this is not a short film I'm sorry that you label it a short film but that doesn't make it a short film no matter who it is I know I'm not a Taylor Swift fan but I'm not saying this because I don't like Taylor Swift like I'm saying this in general I don't care who it is music videos should not be eligible it just yeah. is not my thing I... like and doesn't she have a song eligible this year from the murderer swamp yeah, movie uh Carolina yeah, which so. I did see. I did see in an article that they were like, "She's gaining Oscar buzz for Carolina," and I was like, "No way." Says who? <laughs> says, no way. I don't even know what songs are going to be nominated, but it's not going to be that. No, like not a chance. Um, but yeah, no. I just I think we have to kind of like at some point be like, there is a difference. Um, oh, that's what it is. Give them hell, Harry. James mm. Whitmore in mm. 75. Um, yeah, that's the only 60s, time. 70s. That's the only time that I know of it. But I think with that, it's like you said, like it was recorded. It was given like a full theatrical um, experience. But it also, again, it was almost 50 years ago. And I think at this point, we're kind of past that. Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't think either of them will ultimately get in, but I think it will cause us some confusion later down the line. Um, Taylor Swift, I think she's safe to not get in just because the Academy doesn't seem to like her, uh, which is fine. Um, and Kendrick, who knows? Uh, but speaking of stuff that is eligible as well good luck to you leo grand was ruled eligible uh which i actually went ahead and i think i was the first person from oscar central to go ahead and add emma thompson to my oscar long list um but kenzie any thoughts on that whole situation i love it so much i she is incredible in that movie i mean the whole movie is really incredible so it's like really exciting but she is just like one of my favorite performances of hers from in so long and like one of the first things anybody said after they saw it at Sundance was like Emma Thompson put her in your put her in your mm -hmm. long list at least and 
we were all a little devastated as soon as it was like never mind it's going to hulu so this is really exciting and i think it's a really good like not i don't know honestly reaction but move on the part of searchlight given everything still going on with warner brothers like all this confusion and just like this weird vibe of like studios and what they're doing with streaming um i think it was a good like move on their part and who doesn't want emma thompson on like during like the award season like at every show like i really hope she at least gets in at sag just because if sag even happens i mean it'll happen but whether or not we get to watch it i guess is the question but I really hope she's there because she is so fun and she's obviously so fun with alcohol. Um, Golden Globes, we'll never forget. But so I hope she's at least there. But I'm really excited and it's so like, it was such a relief to see something good come out news wise about streaming over the last two weeks. So thank you, Hulu. Thank you. Um, yeah, I agree. It, it confuses me a little bit um in the sense of why films like like i get why like prey or fire of love wasn't because that was made for hulu it was made like in the attention of going to hulu but the one that confuses me is with fresh and why fresh still isn't deemed eligible granted it wasn't going to get anything but i do wonder if it was because they campaigned for emmys emmys Yeah, yeah like maybe they were like we can't go back on that or something but I also think they must have known like it wasn't going to get any Oscar mm-hmm. loves. They were like, maybe Emmys are our best bet and let's just like focus on that versus anything else. Especially because Sebastian Stan was in something else eligible for Emmys. They were probably, that was also available to stream on Hulu. On Hulu, so they were that was like, also a limited series. Yeah. yeah. So they were like, maybe we'll just do that. And there'll be crossover for like him at least, or mm-hmm. like love for him as a person or performer not just Um, nicole ackman obsessing (laughs) um but yeah you brought it up and actually forgot to write it down but the golden globes are gonna have an in-person televised uh award show yeah and that was like the wildest thing so it was like it was the hollywood reporter that like puts it out the golden globes are gonna be on nbc and then like immediately people are like deadline is like not so fast and i'm like what yeah. I do think I do think it's gonna happen. Like I do think I think honestly, maybe they were putting it out there to like see the reaction. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am a firm believer in news that big doesn't just like leak on accident. Um, like there's no way that it's they they would not do that. I don't I don't know if that's what they did. Like they were testing the waters or whatever. But there's no way they're gonna take it back. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's like at my work. Like we found out we got summer Fridays, and I was like he told us the dates he can't take it back like once there's something like in writing i'm like eh, like yeah i feel like maybe it just got announced early or something i because i also don't like i know how like the hollywood reporter says some questionable things but i feel like they're not gonna like outright lie mm-hmm. like some other there has people. to be at least some somewhat tangible source yeah, in so- some way so I think maybe it just got leaked early and they ran with it or something, but I, I'm very indifferent about it. It's hard to support people that behaved in such a way, but it's also like, 
last year was really hard to like not be part of the conversation when everyone else is watching it and everybody Mm -hmm. it's one of those things everybody needs to band together and be like these don't matter let's just not talk about them but it's also like upsetting because they are able to acknowledge more performances because the categories are split so yeah that's that's what i know that awards watch podcast was talking about last week um was that you know will smith basically swept the whole way but andrew garfield got to you know andrew garfield got his one award at golden globe so letting him get up and speak would have been a nice thing to see um but yeah no i agree i do think i think ultimately it will happen whether it be this year or next year um but it was interesting to see kind of the push back and forth of is it going to happen is it not going to happen all that kind of stuff um Uh, next in news, South Korea picks decision to leave for international feature film. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. That made me move the film up in mm -hmm. a lot of my predictions because I've always been a little, not on the edge about it, but just like, what if it's too weird or too untraditional for the Academy? But then I had also moved up, um... What else did I move up? Um, I moved up a lot of stuff this week. I moved up everything everywhere all at once. And I moved up Triangle of Sadness specifically because of the release date. And it's like, that movie is going to be not great traditional-wise mm-hmm. for the Academy members. So I was like, why am I pushing this other one down? So I moved up Decision to Leave and it's just it's exciting, but I'm also sad about Broker because I don't know what this means for Sung King Ho. Yep. Um, and from what I'm reading, all of us being like, well, maybe Japan will be able to pick Broker. It doesn't seem like that's possible. Yeah, I mean, no, I so I... be wrong, but it doesn't seem like it's possible. Everything that I know is that it was filmed in South Korea. It is the entire language is in South Korea. Um, I think Japan would have to just pick it because Karita's Japanese, um, which I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't want to like throw that out into the, um, into the, like, yeah, he is. Okay. Um, so it's like, it makes me wonder, that was my whole thing too, is I was like, what are they going to pick? Are they going to pick decision to leave? Are they going to pick a broker? Um, And seeing them pick Decision to Leave made me think that they had hope in it, uh, just because South Korea has been so strong uh, recently with um, Oscars and, of course, winning Best Picture a couple years ago. Um, So, yeah, so it definitely, for me, moved it up, too. And you'll see in a little bit uh, where I have it placed. But I think, it for me, it also moved Broker down a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think because it is neon and because neon doesn't have much other than really this and triangle of sadness i do think that broker could pull a um could pull something like a worst person in the world or a uh, parallel mothers last year where it gets an acting nomination and it gets maybe a screenplay nomination um I did Q 
keep Son Kang Ho in my top five. I moved him down to five, but I think he almost like Park Chang Wook is someone who is so well known, especially by American audiences. And I think that's someone that if people do see the movie and if Neon pushes it, I mean, I say it every week. They got Kristen Stewart in basically using sticks and, you know, leaves. And uh, <laughs> I think they definitely could try to get Song Kang Ho in if they do push him first and foremost. Um, but yeah, so I thought I thought that was really interesting and makes my early predictions of Park Chang Wook being the international director um a little bit stronger i feel oh i don't even have oh we'll talk about it later (laughs) and uh so yeah so last piece of news um because i have to talk about this every time i hear something about it because it stays in my mind all the time district 10 is still supposed to happen um shalto copley said that they might start filming next year. He said him and Neil Blomkamp have been back and forth with scripts and drafts and all that kind of stuff. Um, And that hopefully it will finally happen. I do hope that, however, if it does happen, that they like mention that it's been, you know, 11, 12 years since um, the prawn left earth and to come back i think that would be really interesting if they actually like go with it over time um but i love district nine i think it's a great movie and i just have to have to talk about it whenever i hear hope of a district 10 do you have any thoughts on this i didn't even know like i forgot about this to be honest with you like i it's one of those things like I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Mm-hmm. Like, it but it's, it's really starting funny to feel to be, like a avatar yeah. type of thing. Yeah, it's just funny that like every once in a while it pops up again, just so you remember. But it's it's interesting. I'm actually not the biggest fan of District Nine. I don't like dislike it. It's just like not not my thing. Mm-hmm. Not my thing. But if this came out i'd see it so i'd be because i'd be curious as to like what they do now that it's been Mm -hmm. so long like it's kind of it's definitely similar vibes to like the avatar in a sense and i think i think what are you doing like what took so long i think at least for this one uh you could maybe age the movie with like the real world and have like i said have him come back 12 13 years after the fact yeah and um see how they've been affected over the past 13 years etc um with all that kind of stuff um but moving on into our actual discussion uh let's see as i mentioned earlier actor actress supporting supporting uh writing we talked about on a previous podcast you can go watch it or listen to it um wherever you want to but has there been any major changes to yours recently? Um, since the Banshees trailer came out, I took Colin Farrell. I would knocked him way down. I think mm-hmm. I'm at 11 now. Um, it just didn't strike me as much of a play for him as I thought it was going to be. And then I actually moved Adam Driver up a little bit. 
But I'm just going to preface everything with I am not in the camp that I think Killers of Flower Moon is coming out this year, but I am not taking it out of my mm-hmm. predictions until Apple says it's not coming out this year because we go through this every time Martin Scorsese makes a movie. So for now, I still have everyone from Killers of Flower Moon in. Um, but I will say, I know this sounds weird. But for some reason, I feel way better about Ben Wishaw and Women Talking recently than I had weeks ago. Um, I finally finished the book, and I do think that he's going to have a great part. And I think, like we talked about previously, he's really well known in the industry, and he seems very respected. And he kind of he doesn't have an overdue narrative in a sense, but he has a let's recognize him. It's kind of time to just at least nominate him. Same way as mm-hmm. Jesse Plemons, kind of. So I I still have him at five, but I feel way better about him than I previously did. And then I also added Jed Hirsch from the Fablemans. I moved him. He was like, I think I had him at like 23 and now he's at eight. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I know some people, some people, some people, going to tiff um who can give me the the 411 on this Hmm. i wonder i wonder who i wonder who could uh who could maybe we'll have a show and talk about everything from tiff maybe Um, oh and then the other thing i feel very good about is i have had mark rylance at 12 since i made my oscar spreadsheet for bones and all so when that teaser dropped and it just straight up was Taylor Russell, Timothy Chalamet, and Mark Rylance. I was like, I felt like Billy Crudup and almost famous. I was like, I knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just started the book. So I'm curious to see like how this is. But the November release date is very like, like, what is this? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like Suspiria. Like that came out mid-October was marketed as a horror movie this feels a little different and i'm yeah i'm curious it's very like all the stills have really like highlighted that it's during reagan's era and i'm very curious if like maybe it's like a political tone um for the movie versus like what we're all thinking that it's just like a weird cannibal movie um but i feel really good about that and then the other thing i just feel extraordinary about is Kate Blanchett mm-hmm. number one and then I feel really good about Austin Butler as of recently yep. not just because I like him but I just feel like the press the conversation around the movie like the movie is number 11 at the box office for the year like worldwide like I don't think I know we're all like in awe of what Top Gun Maverick has done, but like Elvis did this against like Thor, Jurassic World, Top Gun Maverick, Despicable Me. It's not called Despicable Me. Lightyear. Minions, Lightyear. Like I feel like people are counting it out, and I just feel like that's a really good narrative for him. And every day I log on, there's some. Not like Hollywood legend, but like there's Denzel, there's Gary Oldman, there's Brad Pitt. It's all these really well-respected Oscar winners talking Mm. about him and pointing him out specifically. I still have him as number five, but like 
if if Leo is out, I'm like, I feel like Austin isn't a lock, but I feel like he's in a way better position. But I also cannot imagine, cannot imagine Leo interviewing Austin in some manner. Like W Magazine needs to make it happen for one of those like where they do the weird photo shoots that everyone mm-hmm. gets mad about. I cannot think of the photographer's name. But like what Boz did for Leo, Boz is doing again for Austin Butler. And I'm like, have Leo interview him. It is like the opportunity of a lifetime. Make it happen. You're welcome, whoever does it. But I feel really good about him. But what about you? Like, have any of your acting? I so I recently joined the Fraser train and I moved him up to number one. Ooh. Um, I for some reason, I don't have as much faith in the son as I do in the father. And I think Hugh Jackman is, I definitely think he's going to be nominated. Uh, but I don't, I feel like Brendan Fraser's narrative. And um, I mean, if you get him in a room with people, I feel like he's there. Um, and I agree with Austin Butler. He's actually my three. Um, I feel very confident about it because I think there's not... I really don't think there's that many leading men that have like great shots at, I mean, I still have Paul Mescal at number nine for after sun, which likely is not going to happen. He's my number 10. Um, but can we just I, talk about for a second um, how sexy this lineup could be with like Austin Butler, Diego Calva, Adam Driver, Paul Mescal. Like, can you, yeah. imagine if they were just like you know what let's just make the internet boyfriends the five <laughs> and then, throw, and then uh, the king of the internet brendan Fraser wins yes it would be the best um yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised if it if brendan Fraser fell under the same kind of not trap but same situation that mickey rourke did um with that kind of like comeback finally give a like a stellar performance lose to you know someone who you know i know hugh jackman doesn't have an oscar but lose to someone who was more well known in the industry um but yeah other than that i finally moved michelle yo up into my top five i think she is she's winning a lot of like lifetime achievement awards and it's really starting to rack up in the sense of like you know, I think she could just, everyone talks about her until, plus, I mean, everything everywhere all, all at once is like still in theaters for like its eighth month or something like that, um, which I think is very, um, very telling. Uh, I moved, I actually moved Judd Hirsch above Seth Rogen to number six. Um, I have heard that, maybe it's like a one scene performance um like a really short one but i've also heard it's very good so i'll see it in hopefully less than a month but uh but he is my he's my number six right now um and i did move i know i as well as you moved colin uh moved colin firth down but i actually moved brendan gleason up to my number five because I don't know. I just think Banshees of Inisherin could finally be his like ticket. Uh, which, speaking of Banshees of Inisherin, actually, I did 
pull the trigger and change it to an adapted screenplay. Um, what do I just, take out? Just because I heard, I was listening to um, Oscar es- Expert and Brother Bro talk about uh, how it could fall under the same thing that Moonlight fell under, where it's like everyone thinks it's original up until they find out that these characters were based on a play that never saw the light of day, but the play was written. So the characters aren't quote unquote original. Um, So I did move it. I did move it finally into adapted, just trying to get ahead of everything, but that allowed triangle of sadness to move into my top five. And I actually pulled broker out of my top five of um, original screenplay. But other than that, I don't think I have, anything else um yeah i think that's about it for all the big changes that i made okay i moved man cheese into adapt it but i don't have it in my five unless killers of the flower moon really falls out then it's oh yeah uh, i forgot to say like kinsey said she's waiting i said <laughs> the opposite and i said i'm just going to go ahead and pull it from everything and then if it's it so gets crazy. put back in, I'll just put it back. If it gets put, if it gets taken out, I can just delete the first row on mm-hmm. almost every category. <laughs> but it makes it a lot easier to tell. But honestly, like I mean this full heartedly, and this is a great segue to director. I don't want it to be out. I want a director all timer lineup. Mm-hmm. Like I need it. I want to listen to a three-hour discussion of Scorsese and Spielberg just shooting the shit, like, just talking whatever. Like, I don't care what they talk about. It doesn't even have to be movies. I need it so badly, especially in a year like this where previously Spielberg in an Academy meeting said things about streaming and then Scorsese is just one of the best people preserving films, like, ever. Mm and he doesn't mean it in a way that's like the way people talk about him and his discussions on marvel and just movie theaters in general but he truly loves movies more than anyone and i feel like spielberg does also and i would just love to listen to these like incredible directors just talk and then you throw in chazelle and i well do you want to do you want to just go ahead and yeah, uh, rattle off your top five. Okay, my top five. But like I said, I have Killers of Flower Moon in. So from five to one, I have Alejandro Niritu for Bardo. I have Sarah Polly for Women Talking at four. I have Spielberg for The Fablemans at three, which I know is so low. I'm sorry. But I have Damien Chazelle at two for Babylon. I think if that movie... Even if that movie is not everything we're all hyping it up to be, I think he's in for director and I think he has a strong chance at not winning, but like being the number two all season. And because I do feel like the Fablemans is going to be a screenplay player, not a director player. I would love to be proven wrong, but it's just how I feel right now. And then I have Scorsese at number one for Killers of the Flower Moon. I yeah. know. I only have Alejandro in as the international slot. And I only have one woman in, and it is painful. 
but there's just too many like big names. What am mm. I supposed to do? Not ignore them? Like the academy is not going to do that. I'm predicting, not hope dicting. So yeah, I I agree with the Sarah Polly. Actually, I think it's you and I have the same five, four, three, and two. Oh, I think we have the same five through two, and then me. our one is different. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. In the same spot too, yeah. So I have I have Sarah Paula being the only woman. Um, again, I think you're right in the sense of like, like, do I want more women in it? Yes, but I mean, I have a list of ten, and I know you have a list of eleven, and neither of us have James Cameron, and so it's like, it is a an interesting. Um, you want to know where I have him in my master list of like every fucking movie impossibility like ranked? Where? <laughs> it's 15. <laughs> yeah. I no, mean, he's 16. I, I, I'm sorry. I have 15 people ahead of him. He's 16. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, it's like, it's weird, but I think that the Avatar, I think there's two, it's too top heavy to find Avatar like getting in director wise i mean who knows but um i cannot wait for the panic we all have when people start seeing it yeah because the first people that see it are gonna be like james cameron did it again yeah but i and they're gonna be paying 25 dollars a ticket to see it literally and then they're gonna be like it toppled titanic and i'm gonna (laughs) be like of course it did the ticket price um but i so my thing with Avatar is, and I don't mean this in a mean way because I truly have not seen Avatar, but at this point I'm waiting for the re-release in theaters of the first one because why would I watch it at home if they're about to put it in theaters? But I just feel like there are too many directors and like that's not going to be like a director play. I'm not counting it out completely in picture. Like if it does like serious money and it is a huge tech changer once again, mm-hmm. I do think you have the same the same kind of way that you can't ignore Top Gun Maverick. I feel like if there's the box office and the technology behind Avatar 2, you can't like completely shut it out of picture, like possibility-wise. But I do I don't think that carries over into director especially like the last like 10 years the way you've seen director gravitate towards acknowledging more of like the craft itself versus just the movie mm-hmm. whereas I feel like when Avatar got into director those movies were always nominated for picture and we're recently seeing like this huge uptick of people getting nominated for director but their movies not getting into picture because I think they're not just checking boxes anymore. I think they're mm-hmm. the expansion of the um, Academy membership has really, for better, highlighted that you don't just have to nominate directors that are nominated for picture. You can nominate them for doing their job and doing it ex- like an excellent way. And that's why I don't have him anywhere near my top 10. But I... I'm just so excited to see. I really hope they don't consider Alejandro as like the ticketed like mm-hmm. international spot because one, he has enough Oscars. He has enough. Yeah. He has enough. But there are just so many international films I'm so excited to see. And I'm still like really keeping an eye on Holy Spider. I know that like 
it kind of like got muddled like not like it kind of like disappeared from the conversation because we moved on from can but it is premiering at other festivals and that is a really good sign to me and I just will not let it go I don't know if it's going to be a director or a screenplay or something mm-hmm. but going to TIFF is like really cool and I'm not going to forget especially about it. this year like yeah. I feel like, I feel like if of any year if your movie has to be good to go to TIFF I feel like it would have to be this year because it's so heavy like top to bottom that it's I mean, if if Holy Spider actually isn't what everyone says, which I doubt that's the, you know, I doubt that's the fact. Uh, but if it isn't, it's going to stick out like a sore thumb because so many of these are projected to be just incredible. Yeah. And so I feel like they really like know what they're getting themselves into by adding Holy Spider. And I do agree. I think, I think there's an easy like route to a director or to a screenplay nomination or something like that. Um, yeah. It did. Was it screenplay that it won at? It Con? won actress, right? Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, because originally that was something I was thinking, but then I was like, "No, it's there's yeah. no way that it's going to yeah, do yeah. everything that I want it to." But yeah, so it won best actress, but it was competing for the palm but mm-hmm. it just won best actress which is still yeah. thrilling and but i just think like that movie is gonna have like a conversation around it that may or may not be like supported with other movies coming out this year where maybe they highlight different things i can think it all depends on like once we start seeing all these movies but it's really exciting but i have park chan woke at 11 but where do i have Karita. I have Karita at 15. Yeah, I have I have Karita at six. Um, I think I need to, I might actually make an on-air switch of moving him Ooh. to nine and moving uh, Ruben Austin to six. Um, just because I feel like, again, I feel like there's the neon factor, but I feel like with Triangle of Sadness won't be eligible for um mm-hmm. for international feature whereas broker unless japan comes in and saves it um won't even have a chance so i moved i just now moved karita down to nine and Oslo up to six but i am sticking true to my guns of park chang wook at number one um i don't think he's going to win i think um i mean i had even for my first, first predictions that this was going to be Martin Scorsese's Oscar, like through and through. Um, But I don't disagree with you having Spielberg at three. I don't think the Fablemans is going to be like this giant. And it could be, I mean, I I haven't seen it yet. But I also think the early premiere date is going to make it like the front runner and it's just going to Mm -hmm. like torpedo it. And I feel like it'll, he'll be in, but I don't think he'll be like running to win. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I think I think he'll have a much much better shot at screenplay, which I I don't think I will move. I mean, unless a movie like Everything Everywhere starts winning everything, um, I won't move the Fablemans off of screenplay because I feel like they're going to give Spielberg's uh, screenplay and they're going to say, and okay, here's Tony your Kushner, Oscar. Right? Yes, 
and he's going to have that narrative of not getting nominated last year. Um, and uh, I think I think that they are going to default to hey, let's give um, let's give Spielberg an Oscar for his story. Tony Kushner's never won an Oscar, so let's give him his first Oscar. Um, and then let's give director to someone else. I, I feel like, especially with screenplay, and especially since Spielberg is writing it, that there's much more incentive to, hey, let's give both of them an Oscar and let's give director to someone else. Now, I don't think... I think in this category, in my five, um, almost same with you, Inaritu has two director Oscars. Uh, Spielberg has however many. Um, Chazelle has one. So it would be cool if Park Chang-wook could come in and make a film and go from never winning one to finally winning one. I would love that. But I do think that, I don't think he has a great shot of winning at this moment, but I do think, I do think that he will ultimately be in um and i don't think the movie factor will um will stop him it didn't stop uh it didn't stop driving my car last year yeah exactly i um so i have sam mendez at six but i so i keep flipping him and florian zeller for the sun I keep flipping them but every day i log on i need someone to see the sun because every day i log on it's well give me a i month. know someone who saw it and listen it might not be as strong as everyone's saying or mm-hmm. i log on and it's this is gonna be every category it's eligible it's gonna win i'm like okay which one is it um and then i also am really excited that maria trader is she i have her at eight right now I the trailer made me move her up but not in and mm-hmm. then I have Todd Field at nine I mean he hasn't made a movie in yeah. so long in so long and the teaser is so good but we'll see we'll see all right um and moving on from director to the big one picture um so if you want give just your five on the cusp and then i'll give my five on the cusp and then we can talk for a little bit on those uh five and why they might not be in right now but why they could be in in the future i can't wait to see my five that are on the cusp because they're really weird like it's a really weird group at 15 i have everything everywhere at 14 i have elvis which they're similar in a way yeah and then um like not the movies like the way they're being consumed and then i have decision to leave <laughs> avatar and then banshees <laughs> All right. but banshees i kind of want to move down i just am not sure of how to rearrange the rest of them if that makes sense mm-hmm. so that's why for now it's still there I have um I have at 15 the whale, 14 the sun, 13 the banshees of Inishirin, 12 Top Gun Maverick, and 11 uh Triangle of Sadness. I think for me, you'll find out that I might have another A24 movie that you don't have in the top 10 in there. Um 
And A24 has never gotten in two Best Picture nominees. And I don't think, um, I don't think it'll be for this one. I mean, we still don't know if there's going to be any controversy or anything regarding, I don't think there will be, or if there is, I think it'll be like TikTok controversy. Um, but I have it right. I have it at 15. I think I could find a way of getting in, especially if it gets, you know, to acting and a screenplay and, you know, is the front runner for makeup and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for right now, I just can't put faith in like this being the year that A24 gets two of them in. Um, and yeah, I have Top Gun at 12. I think it's it's hard to like deny that it could possibly say, get in. I put it at 20 today. It, I did not have it in my top 25 until this morning. I put yeah. it at 20. So for everyone listening, I did it. I and did I, th- it. I do think um, that getting John Hamm to attend the Oscars would be a real ratings boost. Agreed. Um, <laughs> I do think that there is a world where we were talking about, like, I think when Avatar 1 came out, I feel like that was like the technical achievement, but I feel like we're at a point right now where there's so many technical achievements Mm -hmm. every year that like, we're not just going to default to the one with like the biggest name. And I think, I think Avatar could get a lot of like VFX noms and stuff like that, but I could definitely see it missing the Oscar for something like Top Gun, especially if like Tom Cruise does you know, press and stuff like that. And he gets out there and really starts to push the film. And I mean, it's, it's almost undeniable what it's done. Um, But I think, I think maybe 15 years ago, Avatar would have been like the lone, um, like the standalone. And I think now, you know, like I've got Avatar Elvis, which I will consider like a massive, not a massive, but a blockbuster. Um, uh, Top Gun and even Black Panther Wakanda which don't think it's going to get in but you can't deny it because the first one got in um, mm-hmm. so it's it's I was I was telling someone on Twitter that was saying like oh Black Panther's never going to get in and I'm like well everyone's kind of written Avatar as being a lock and if you compare the trailers I personally like the Black Panther one a little bit more um but it's really similar. Like, there's not a lot of dialogue. You don't know what the movie's about mm-hmm. still. It just is heavy on, like, music and visuals and the style of what you're going to get. But it's not like, here's the plot. Here's... Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I, like, both of them were massive Oscar players. Like, mm-hmm. the, you have to look at them similarly. I mean, they but won I just the same realized, I think. I, I just realized... Your sequel total up to my sequel total up. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I have two. Okay. Yeah. You have three, four. Not in. You have four in total. Yes. Before I shock everyone that Jacob has four out of ten slots <laughs> sequels. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay, but I did move Top Gun in because of the box office achievement. I have it at 20. Like, we'll see. I have a lot of weird stuff. 
the reason I don't have the whale as high up as you, I honestly might switch it with banshees, to be honest with you. But I just, Darren is my favorite working director. But every time he opens his mouth, I regret saying that or thinking mm-hmm. it. Um, and like you're saying, like the TikTok controversy of it all, I just, I want to wait to see how he is before I yeah. start putting him in anywhere. Yeah. But um, I do think you can't like deny where the whale is playing, like the way A24 is kind of like handling the release of anything regarding it. I think like the fact that they took so long to give us an image is a good sign Mm -hmm. because I think maybe they know what they have and they're kind of like planning on the way they're releasing it versus just doing whatever A24 does. Um, But yeah, I'm not confident in my 10, but mostly because I still have Killers of Fire. (laughs) Yeah, here, so I'll I'll start. Okay. at 10, I have told Kenzie this and Nicole this in the past, um, and I'm going to stick to it. And I do have Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, I've talked about, I do think that there is a narrative. The score in the trailer was gorgeous and it was displat. And so that's definitely a chance to, um, a chance to get in right there. Um, and I do think that I think having so many Pinocchio remakes come out um, in recent years, including this year with the Zemeckis remake, I think that those are only going to help this Pinocchio's chance because I do think that what Guillermo del Toro is going to do is so different and so unique and it's going to take this like very well-known story and completely flip it on its head that's why um i was saying last week i do have it in my top five of um i have it in my top five of screenplay i think that this is something that like i think it could get a screenplay nom a score nom a vfx nom Mm -hmm. um you look at kubo and the two strings was a stop motion movie that got a vfx nom then you start getting into Uh, different design categories and stuff like that and it's I think it's been over 10 years since we've gotten a um, since we've gotten an animated film in best picture and I think um, if any of them are going to do it this year I think it will be Pinocchio and I think Kenzie can know this because she has seen him in person but I think Guillermo del Toro's just passion for not only just filmmaking every step of it, but like for the Oscars as well. Like he's one of the few directors that I feel has like a genuine passion for like the pageantry and the award show and all that kind of stuff going in and recognizing all of the, um, all of the unseen nominees last year and all that kind of stuff. And I think he's such an easy person to be around and talk to. And I think he's going to push this film as well as Netflix is going to push this film. And I think, um, you know, he, he got in last year with Nightmare Alley and maybe three people, including me and Kinsey thought it was going to happen. And so, um, you know, it's what two straight movies that he's gotten in best picture. Granted, one of them, he won. Um, and so I, I think like, you can't ignore that stat yeah. alone. That's crazy. 
and especially like and especially the, the big thing for me is like I get people are going to say oh it's animated like there's no chance like Nightmare Alley did not have a feasible chance like in in all reality it probably was number 10 I would have to say uh, from last year and it's like people could just name check Guillermo del, like oh this is a Guillermo del Toro movie let's get him in we know that he's good so it's and I feel like Netflix and him have already started the conversation that it's not just an animated movie that like it's going to be more than meets the eye which I know everyone says with every adaptation like they're always like it's not what you suspect but like if Guillermo del Toro says it it's really not mm-hmm. what you suspect and even um I was listening to an interview with um Baz Luhrmann talking about Elvis and he named dropped Guillermo del Toro like nine times talking about Nightmare Alley and like how much it like meant to him especially because like there's like he watched the original Nightmare Alley to prepare for Elvis and he was like he's so available if you have any questions for him like if you call him he's gonna Mm -hmm. answer and discuss he was like you can ask him a quick question it's 45 minutes on like how to do something or like how someone did something behind the scenes and he and I'm like if other people are already talking about that and they haven't even seen Pinocchio imagine once they see it and they realize like what he did for it and I just it's like you're saying like if you put him in a room with people he they're gonna be on like not on his side but they're gonna be like oh this is the real deal and the academy loves him like you're saying Mm -hmm. like there's no denying that and I think that is really good I have it at 17 right now but like I said I'm probably gonna move some stuff around um so moving on from that I've got Avatar the Way of Water at nine um Bardo at eight Empire of Light at seven and Glass Onion a Knives Out Mystery at six um I think with Glass Onion um now I get what you're saying about the sequel thing but I think (laughs) I think with Glass Onion um Netflix the thing that is getting me very confident in it is Netflix's idea of let's put this in theaters and like not just let's put it in like the normal art artsy drive three hours to go see it theaters like the fact that they're wanting to put it in like massive theaters nationwide um I think is definitely something it's it's definitely telling for their thoughts on the movie and what they uh what they think they have out of it um but yeah that is my 10 through 6 what about you so at 10 I moved this out this week I have white noise at 10 I am nervous about the subject matter I have the book I need to read it um but it opening both Venice and New York Film Festival is very interesting to me I cannot ignore that and I don't know I just I feel like Noah Baumbach is one of those filmmakers who's going to be like now that he got in at the Oscars he's just going to keep getting in not Mm -hmm. like every film but I just feel like there's a new he's always going to be part of the discussion in the same way like Damien Chazelle every time he releases a movie we're discussing it so I think there's that I have oh my gosh wait I just thought about this next year okay Sorry, this is way off topic, but think about next year. If Killers of the Fire Moon gets pushed back, we're going to have an Eric Roth versus Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig for the uh, adapted screenplay Oscar. 
Why would you say that? I just <laughs> she's like First calling off, Apple. Like, she's like, release the movie this year. I don't care if it's done. <laughs> okay. No, because you know what's gonna happen. Wait, mm. when does Dune come out? Next year? Uh yes. No, no, no. yeah, 2023, Dune Part Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But are they gonna nominate Eric Roth twice? Uh, I don't think he's doing the screenplay for this one. It's John Spates and Dennis uh, Villeneuve. No, I don't think he's doing it for this one. Are you sure? Uh, That's what IMDb is saying, which I mean, I know is not uh, going to. This is on air. Yeah. Let me see. Is currently writing Dune 2. Um, Denny, I'm writing part two. I can feel like I'm eight years old. This is from Denny. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not finding anything like. Wikipedia says he's writing it. He is? Hmm. Like he's one of four co-writers. He is. There's an interview on IndieWire. Okay. See, they're not going to nominate him twice. He said it was 160 pages. The draft. And I don't, I don't think... I think of the two, I think they would be more... I think they would be... Well, I think they would not nominate Dune for the fact and that they already did nominate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I still okay. That's a no. Release Killers of Flower Moon this year. Release it this year. Don't do that to me. Um, but I have Tar at nine. I I'm curious if like this movie is like just not Academy friendly, like blah blah blah. But you never know. Um, Todd Field just hasn't made a movie in so long, and the cast in this movie. You cannot ignore it. And I just love that teaser so much. I have She Said at 8 and previously had it at 10 because I just, I don't know how this movie is going to be received because I have not seen it. So, but I, it's either going to be like a movie that's nominated everywhere. It's really like eligible in every category or it's going to be like four nominations total. Mm. I don't know. Um, after that, I have women talking. I'm really confident in women talking, especially now that I finished the book. I think it's just going to be a massive player. Um, and the cast is just insane. And I am really excited. It's um, having it. It's an international premiere at TIFF. So that a where else is it playing? <laughs> uh, is it playing at Venice? Is it? Let's find I, out. I don't think it is. I don't have that of those. Well, maybe maybe it's not. Maybe it is just. Uh... Let's check out Women Talking Tiff. 
Well, Wikipedia says world premiere at TIFF, but TIFF's tweet says international premiere. But that can't mean Telluride because it would say Canadian premiere. Yeah. Uh, that's not how you spell that. But anyway, while we're looking. I am uh, really just like, I don't think you can count that movie. Like, I don't. As of right now, because I have Killers of the Flower Moon, I cannot move it up anymore. But I think it's in for sure. Like, for sure. I think the subject matter is really important. And it's obviously going to be very timely still, unfortunately. Um, and just that cast is incredible. And then at number six, I have The Sun. I am not part of the group of people so far that are like this movie isn't going to be anything it's not going to be like the father i think he'll ride the high of the father with how well it played at the oscars it definitely overperforms nominations like compared to what we were expecting not what it deserved um and i just think people are going to be excited to reward another movie from him and it's another great cast and yeah i just I'm really curious about it. I'm not the biggest Hugh Jackman fan, so it'll be interesting to go from a group of actors I love seeing on screen to Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah. But, um, wait, Sarah Pauly's Canadian, isn't she? So it would probably be the world premiere. But then why does the tweet say international premiere? Maybe, maybe they didn't know at the time Just, yeah yeah at the time if it was going to be picked up by something else um but then wouldn't it say canadian premiere yeah that's what this article is saying right now it doesn't make sense um but so if anyone knows let us know but unless it's going to telluride which but then, then it would say i guess canadian well, that's what this was saying that because it didn't say North American yeah. or world premiere. Yeah. But then I it could be it, the North American, the like North American premiere. We need, we need, we'll, we'll get people on the phone. We'll figure we'll this get out. People. <laughs> All right. What do you have for your five through one? Um, so my five through one, my five is women talking. Uh, basically for all the reasons that you said I think it's um, I think you know whether Frances McDormand wants to be a part of the conversation or not I think she's going to every year um, mm -hmm. and I completely agree that I think that it's going to be um, a strong narrative for a lot of the cast um, at four I've got decision to leave I am feeling I moved it up um, it was in my bottom five, but I moved it up to four. This is not, of course, like not what I think is closest to winning, but I do think Decision to Leave has a good narrative. And I think um, it's going to be in the international feature five. Um, I still have Park Chan-wook in the top five for director. I think it could easily pick up a screenplay nomination. I think there might be, you know, a fight or a call for a, um, for a, actress nomination and i think that 
from all I'm hearing about it, it sounds very classic Hollywood, which is something they might love. And so, um, and so that's my four. My three is everything everywhere all at once. Um, I think that's another one where it's just kind of like at this point, how can you start denying it? Um, I could definitely see the whale coming out and this falling off a little bit. Um, but I think if A24 plays their cards right, which who knows if they will, I think there is a good chance. I do I do think that Michelle Yeoh is kind of everywhere, whether that be A24's merit or not. She is like getting recognition everywhere. I would love to see A24 start pushing Kihai Kwan a little more um, just because it's one of those things where uh, Michelle Yeoh is going to get recognition just by virtue of being Michelle Yeoh, where he might need a little bit more help. But I think if they start getting actors in, if they start getting, um, you know, screenplay, if they start, you know, pushing, directing and all that kind of stuff, I would love to see this film get a VFX dom because um, it's a team of five visual effects workers did better than every uh marvel movie so far and i think that there's something to be said about that um but yeah i've got it number three number two i've got babylon um classic hollywood damien chazelle you can't really say anything against it and then number one i've got the fablemans because i think it's spielberg and i think this I think Spielberg is going to make more movies, just like I think Scorsese when Killers of the Flower Moon, whenever that is, comes out. I think he is going to make more movies, but I feel like this will be the last like massive like shot at, you know, one final masterpiece or something like that. Um, and so I think the Fablemans is going to be super, you know, benef- or not beneficial, but super telling about his life, about how he makes movies. I think people are going to be able to watch the Fablemans and then watch all of his filmography and kind of see it in a different sort of light, um, all that kind of stuff. And so I think there's definitely going to be a big push for, um, for the Fablemans. So Alexa Alexa was going, nope, Alexa, stop. (laughs) She was going crazy. Um, but yeah, so that's my five through one. What about you? Okay. At five, I have Bardo. I cannot ignore Alejandro Ritu's past with the Oscars. He does Mm -hmm. notoriously well. Um, I have Empire of Light at four, but recently I'm wondering if the movie's a lot smaller than we think. You know, I've always thought the plot sounded more intimate versus like, 1917 or whatnot obviously but i'm wondering if maybe it's just like an oscar player for actors and then screenplay and then kind of like nothing else i think i think i have it in actress uh i think it's on the cusp of screenplay and i think i have cinematography just yeah i yeah i i don't know i have it at four but i just i feel like i need to reorder these as we're talking about it I still have Close the Fire Moon at three because I have Babylon at two and Fablemans at number one, like you, because I feel like Babylon and the Fablemans have bigger best picture 
moves behind discussions mm -hmm. behind it whereas killers of the flower moon i feel much more confident if it comes out that it's a director play mm -hmm. and a performance play and maybe a screenplay play, play. <laughs> um versus a picture winner um i don't think it, like i think if this movie comes out it's not going to be like the departed where he kind of steamrolls the conversation in a sense because he has a best picture winner he has a, like a director oscar but i think like this movie is not like it, if it comes out it's going to be of course it's in for picture but it's not going to be the one that's like contending to win in a same sense as how west side story we all knew it was going to get in for picture but we never thought it was going to win best picture um but that's kind of why i feel the opposite about the fablemans is that it's not only is it a personal story but it will resonate more so with people because it is a smaller scale story. It's not very, this could never happen to you. It is a movie that people will connect with on a personal level, which always helps um, primarily, not always, but like it helps with voting, especially mm -hmm. like given something like as big as competition would be Babylon, which is not something people will connect with on a personal level as much. Um, which is funny because I feel like that was like kind of a similar conversation with Moonlight is that people could connect with it on a personal level and you couldn't really connect with La La Land if you weren't like in the industry or in a mm -hmm. similar industry. Um, I, I feel really confident about like the Fablemans, Babylon, Bardo, Women Talking. But other than that, I feel like the, the rest of like how many is that? The Fablemans, Babylon, Bardo, Women Talking. So that's four. Mm -hmm. I feel like the remaining six slots are kind of going to just be, there's going to be another two that are kind of like decided once people see them. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like after that, it's just going to be like a fight to the death of whatever else. Like it's not going to be what has the best narrative or what has this. It's just going to be like, who has the best team campaigning mm -hmm. behind them? and what other nominations is it getting whereas those other ones i feel like are kind of not like locks but they're very much like in best picture yeah whereas like the other ones are going to be like fighting just for a nomination but then i really do at this moment feel it's the fablemans in babylon like contending for the win for best picture obviously that changes once we all start seeing things but like sight unseen those are the two that i'm like they're gonna fight and I just want to say, so me and you obviously have the same one and two. Ricky is the same one and two. Nicole has the same one and two. Adriano has the same one and two. Like, it's really wild. Yeah. Like, that is the consensus. Like, yeah. that's where we're going. It, it's just one of those things, like, I, I don't have enough confidence in what this movie is going to be uh, for Babylon for that to win when mm -hmm. something like the Fablemans is going to be, like you said, it's going to be much more, it's going to be intimate as well as like large scale. Um, it's going to have Spielberg behind it. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's like, it's like I said, like it's something to where I feel like we're in a place in time where these sort of semi-autobiographical movies are really like really picking up. And I think something like this is you're going to watch this movie knowing you know is it going to be fictional yes but you're going to watch it knowing that it's about spielberg's life and you're going to be able to go back and watch close encounters et jaws Jur like jurassic park like all that kind of stuff and be like almost seeing it from a different light i think it's going to 
I think personally it might change how you see a lot of Spielberg's movies. Um, and I think that is something that will stick with voters, you know, for the time being. Um, but yeah, I think that is it. Um, so Kenzie, is there anything else you would like to say about the director picture race, anything like that? Um, I do just want to say, I really hope someone puts Boz Lerman on a round table. Um, I feel like he has a lot to say about this movie and I feel like maybe, I don't know because of his contracts, but he could enlighten about some conversations with Warner Brothers of other things we would be a little mad about. I would love to see him at a round table, do an interview. I don't know, but I would love to see it. But for picture, I just want to say, I just want to say, I really would love if it wasn't so boring. I'm excited about all of these movies, but saying five previous winners movies over and over and over again is going to get really tiresome. And there are movies coming out from filmmakers who have zero recognition at the Oscars or their movies have never made it into best picture. And I think we have a real opportunity to have like, cause we have have to have 10 nominees this year in best picture. I feel like it would be great if we could utilize it to highlight movies that are all very different and not the same. Um, especially like you were just talking about like semi-biographical movies from writers, directors. And it's like, we have Bardo and the Fablemans like, mm-hmm. I would just love if we could like. And isn't it? Empire of Light sort it? of along that line? I don't know if it's just about like the film industry like back in the day or if it was. If um, it is like enough, 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 enough. Unless Darren Aronofsky wants to do a movie about him and Rachel Weisz, then let's do it. But <laughs> he was Daniel Craig and played Daniel Craig. Yeah. That would be amazing. But yeah, I just feel like we have, there are so many movies this year and I don't just mean things like Everything Everywhere or Top Gun or Elvis or Avatar. Like there are just so many movies we could highlight this year that are not your typical well, Academy Best Picture. Vulture says, player. yes, that's right. Sam Mendes is finally making his Roma. So. Okay. So we have The Fablemans, Bardo and Empire of Light. Like, no, no, one of them's gonna go from both. It's gonna be imperatively, but um, yeah, it's just kind of boring. And I feel like, like I'm excited. I don't mean that in a negative way. Like I am very excited about like all of these movies, except Bardo. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I his style just doesn't work for me. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I love Birdman, but I never want to watch it again. If yeah. that makes sense. And I, I feel that's that way. how I feel about the revenant even though i don't love the revenant. i don't like the revenant yeah i did not like the revenant yeah what i liked about it was cinematography and that was mm-hmm. in the sound but that was pretty much it in tom hardy um i will die on this grave but tom hardy gave the better performance in that movie yeah absolutely sorry. um but yeah i just feel like we have a real opportunity not we like but the academy has a real opportunity to give us like a very exciting best picture lineup and i feel we're gonna get this like 
very academy-esque lineup which Mm -hmm. is fine but it's just like you're playing into that conversation of like why did we expand it like and it's like it doesn't have to be for movies like Doctor Strange or whatever it needs to be for movies that are made by not that I love Sam Raimi that was a bad example what is another movie that came out Thor Thor I mean I like Taika too I don't know I'm just gonna go with Thor because the the clips I saw sent me to fucking space. Um, but that's not what this it was expanded for. It's expanded to acknowledge movies that are like still so well made and considered best picture of the year. But like that should include things like Everything Everywhere and Pinocchio. Well, I guess Pinocchio. He's a former winner. But broker, but it's a new it's a new triangle of sadness. Style. Yeah. yeah it's just like i don't it decision to leave to, like stuff like that yeah it doesn't have to be the same kind of movies we'll always get and if one academy member is listening please do it thank you thank you and nominate austin butler thank you <laughs> um where can people find you online um you can find me everywhere at kins Vinunu and um stay tuned this week for everyone at oscar central best picture lineup yes um you can find me online at tberry57 everywhere on letterboxd um especially because i like nicole would really love to be a letterboxd influencer um you can find the podcast online at oscarcentral.com you can find us on twitter at Oscars underscore central, as Kinsey says every week. If you have Oscar Central, please give it back to us. Um, we would love please. to have it. Um, and other than that, you can catch us next week where we will be talking about something um, with the Oscars. Um, Kinsey will be fighting for Austin Butler for best actor. And I'm going to start the Rachel Sano train for <laughs> Bodies, Bodies, Bodies because she was absolutely hilarious. Um, but until next time, that is the show.